When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Betches Brides. I'm Nicole Pellegrino. And I'm Jordana Abraham, and we are back answering more of your questions. You guys have really good questions. Really um, good. If you guys like these questions, if you want any advice from me and Nicole, please email brides at betches.com. Um, and if you want, you should definitely, I'm not sure if you are, but if you aren't, you should already be following the at Betches Brides Instagram. There's so much useful stuff on there. And it's also like peppered in with just like really entertaining, mm-hmm. funny stuff to take the edge off. I'm sure a lot of you have seen Nicole's TikToks. I love them. They're amazing. <laughs> um, so if you want a mix of like educational, interesting shit about getting married, but also like some funny stuff, Betches Brides, I think there's no one who's doing it like you are, Nicole. Nicole runs that account. You need, it's a package deal. You need the podcast and the Instagram together. We, we t- oftentimes there's themes that play out on both and inside jokes that we have with the audience that we'll mention on here that you have to be following the Instagram account to really know about. And um, also subscribe to our newsletter. Really just do that. It's betches.co slash brides newsletter. Um, because that's even a further, if you really want to be a Betches Bride with us, which you all are, if you're listening to this, you are, but if you really want to be, subscribe to that newsletter too, but at least give our Instagram a follow because we put a lot of work into it. Definitely. Nicole, are you, um, any updates with your wedding planning? You know, we'll talk about it as we get into our first email and, and whatnot. It's, um, I am getting so... How do I how do I word this without demotivating the audience even more than they already are? It's so the uncertainty. I'm like, I I'm like setting these like vague dates in the future for my pre-wedding events, like my bridal shower and my bachelorette. We're looking at like June for the bridal, a small bridal shower, and then bachelorette. Don't even get me started. We'll talk about that more in email number two, since that's kind of about bachelorettes. But so I'm I'm definitely like. It's, it's always top of mind. I'm always kind of planning things, but uh, I'm I'm moving slowly still. And again, we know, as we know, most of my stuff is already planned. Um, the bigger things, like since I did postpone. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I've started to look at registry stuff, build that out a little bit more. I've been mm. doing things day by day. I still have yet to send out my change the dates via online. I just have to finish collecting some people's emails. That's okay. At least there's not like a huge turnaround. Yeah, exactly. It's not, yeah. You know right I mean? when I have the emails, I'm clicking send and they'll be out. Uh, what about you? Um, any new updates? It's going well. I'm. Ex- I mean, I just saw that article uh, yesterday or today about Fauci saying like April's going to be open season. It's making me pretty optimistic. Oh, I didn't see that. Open season for vaccines. That is, oh, okay. in terms of like everyone who wants one is going to be like able to at least know when. Like any, they'll get no, it. you don't have to have like any pre-existing conditions or like age to get it by then. He's saying that he's optimistic that like that will be the case in April, which I think is really good news, I especially for like people in those summer fall weddings mm-hmm. um so i'm i'm excited i'm it's looking up um and i'm debating going down for a planning visit but i'd like to see how the vaccine like mm-hmm. comes along but you know what my wedding's in november so um i've got a little bit of time to yeah. kind of like figure it out but 
all my vendors are like pretty much booked. I'm still like on the fence about my videographer, but I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to pull the trigger mm-hmm. just because like I have that sense of like, what if, if I don't get it, then like I might regret it. And like, if I do get it, the only thing I would regret is like spending the money, which like uh, mm-hmm. sucks. But like, I, I think it'll it'll it. bother me more if I like want the footage and I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to get like some elaborate video thing. I want like a, I want like a trailer. Yeah. Like you a know? little preview, like a little, um, yeah, like a little movie trailer of your wedding. I love that. Yeah, I love those. Whenever I see them, I think they're so great. So that's my thought on that. And I'll let you know if I decide to like fully pull the trigger, but I'm definitely like leaning towards it now. Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about that on a past episode. Videographer, no. But yeah, let's get into today's. So today yeah. we are talking about postponing again we've gotten so many questions lately about people who and and like you said we are optimistic we're trying to stay optimistic but we've gotten these questions about people who have postponed once already aka like people like me and now these weddings that are following falling in like march april may even june july even august People are like, am I going to have to postpone again? Like, should I postpone again? So people are just, you know, that uncertainty. And it's kind of a huge buzzkill because you don't want to have to postpone twice. Postponing is so annoying. It's like a lot of date figuring out. It's in many cases money. It's more money down, more money that you might not get back down. Like, it's just an annoying process. So I feel for It's just like a hassle, I would imagine. Yes. Just, yeah. It really is. I'd imagine it's also just like a hassle, just making sure everything aligns and like all the mm-hmm. vendors are free and that they can all do the same day and that like everything comes together and the guests that you wanted to have, like your most important guests, are they free? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yep. I mean, it, it really is. And there, it's so rare when you can find all your vendors are free on your new postponed goal date. It's like you you have to accept the fact that you might have to lose a vendor or two because... Um, they're not, it, dates never align perfectly. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get right. into our first email about this. Cause we have a lot of good advice for this one. All right. So she writes, hi, I've been driving myself crazy about this wedding and whether or not we should postpone again. Our original wedding was supposed to be September 26th, 2021. Instead, we had a mini money. So we are already married and we pushed the big reception to May 23rd, 2021. Uh, I think she means she she wrote that her original wedding was supposed to be September 26, 2021, but I assume she means 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have already made the decision to cut our guest list from 165 to 85 because we realized we do not want to spend thousands more on this wedding. We live in New York and effective March 15th, weddings are allowed to have 150 people, but everyone on site must be tested and the wedding must be approved by the local health department. At first, I was so excited about this news, but after a few days of thinking about it, I'm wondering if it's even reasonable. I know I will just be worried about whether everyone got tested in time to get their results the, uh, the week before the wedding. With all that said, should I postpone to September 26th, 2021? Uh, we aren't thrilled about dragging this out again, but I will be so upset if I spend all this time trying to replan everything for May and then have to move it anyway. What are your thoughts? Lots of thoughts about this. What do you think? So it's funny because when this news was announced on January 29th, I believe, about the New York weddings. She mentions that specifically. And we'll get broader and not just talk about New York here, guys. But when she, when this news was announced, I feel like there was a big buzz of positivity. A lot of our audience is New York-based. We were getting DMs. People were so excited. And then all of a sudden, people were like, oh, wait, this news about Cuomo announced this news about allowing 150 people at 50% venue capacity, but then there's these other caveats, like you've got to get it approved by the local health department. Um, everyone must be rapid tested. I read somewhere that like in, in many cases they were saying the couples had to supply those rapid testing and that can cost like on-site testing can cost up to like $7,500 for everybody. And there's all these extra things with like not a ton of guidance. So a lot of vendors were like frustrated and everybody's just still confused. And right. And you probably like can't tell how easily it's going to be able to be rolled out. Right. March 15th is like the day it starts. So like, how do you know how 
affect mm-hmm. like how you know what I mean I'm sure there'll be like some growing pains with figuring out how to deal with it and it's tough I can imagine if like let's say you had like an April or May wedding where you'd be like I don't know how easy this is going to be you're unsure mm-hmm. right 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 well and a lot of people like her it looks like like this uh listener are saying that they still might not feel that comfortable having, even if we you are allowed to have a 150-person wedding at that point, we might not feel comfortable doing that. A lot of couples are feeling that way still. So, and then there's the, on top of layers, she said, the added layer, she's saying that she doesn't want to have to like drag this out further and doesn't want to have to postpone again, which makes total sense. So I was doing some research and just some thinking myself because I did have to postpone and thinking about the factors to consider when you're in this position. So one thing, I think one of the biggest things, were you already married? She seems like yes in her says case. Yes. Yeah. So she's already married. And in my head at first, I'm like, well, then why would you care about postponing? Just don't have you're already married. Like, just don't have a wedding. But then I was like, oh, well, maybe she wants to have a kid. Yeah. Well, that's a, another factor. That's that's the thing. Like a lot of people want to get this show on the road and move on with their lives. And but along I've heard of people who were like, already got married legally they mm-hmm. postponed their wedding they're gonna have a baby and they're gonna have a baby at their wedding yeah at their reception at their celebration right yeah yeah i mean right. hey no which rules. is also kind of cool i love that yeah i i would love that my kid could be present at like my celebration i don't know even if they're a baby and can't remember yeah i mean i think there's like a whole bunch of other stuff involved in that it's like oh like if i'm giving birth and i have a new baby do i want to be like planning yeah. this wedding is it gonna be i'm sure there's a lot of stress that comes along with that part Mm -hmm. two so I I get why she'd be like I'd rather get this done with first but the big thing is I think why a lot of couples are doing this like we got married already but we're still having this reception is because they can't get their deposits back their non-refundable deposits from venue vendors Mm -hmm. that so they're like you know, I, I wanted to get married. We didn't want to put off the marriage, so we did that. But now we're still having this celebration because, because why not put our deposits to good use? Otherwise, we're just eating a bunch of costs. And so that's just a tricky situation because a lot of these people are like like her are already married and then they're like, what do we do about this reception that keeps getting prolonged and pushed back? Mm-hmm. Um but I would think about that. Think it like talk to your vendors, see if like you might be able to get deposits back and stuff. And then also like a big thing. Well, she still wants to have it, it sounds like, regardless. Like she yeah. it doesn't seem like she's like trying to cancel, cancel. She's like, should I do it now and be a little more stressed about it, or should I like postpone it again? Right. Um, but also like she wants to postpone it to September, which I don't necessarily I mean, like, you're a September bride. Mm-hmm. I think it's like I, I think weddings will, will be happening by then. Um, but it's also like not like a guarantee. Right. So it's kind of like if I were her and I was going to postpone again, I would almost postpone like even further. Same. For a, I would do early guaranteed safety. Yeah. I would do that. But I also get not wanting to do that. I understand like the stress of. That's not what, what were you, What were your other things that you think you should consider? I think that's, well, that was one of my things. It's like the mental and emotional state of dragging it out like for for her and many others in particular if you don't want to have to drag it out further if you're like why am i pushing off for a why am i like pushing off other things that i want to do in my life for this party that i keep postponing i i would recommend to her honestly just keep to like cut down to like 85 or less or 50 people and if she feels comfortable then, like, just have her wedding on what was supposed to be, let me see, on May 23rd. Yeah, I would recommend that. Like, are you allowed, are there different rules for under 50 people? I think you still have to put precautions in place. And that was another factor on the list of factors, the, the COVID precautions. Like, I think you do for any amount of people. I think you still should want to and have to put in place like masks, seating restrictions, uh, like seating distance, like putting people sitting distance away from each other, um, making people get tested and or asking people if they have the vaccine. Um, 
stuff like that. Like, so that's another thing. Like, would she be okay having a wedding where she knows there's going to have to be COVID restrictions and health restrictions in place? Yeah, I, I agree. I think those are all like very important things to consider. And it's like, we can't tell you like postpone or don't postpone because we don't know, like, we don't know you. We don't know like how that will affect you. Like, we don't know how much stress it was planning this wedding. Also, like, again, if you plan a September wedding, like there's a chance that it, that you could maybe have to postpone again if you still want that number of people or there, or you'd still have to do the same things that you're doing now. So it's like mm-hmm. you could be potentially postponing again. I would just like, you know yourself, I think, better than anyone else, I would imagine. So right. I think it's important to just think through the various scenarios and how you will feel about them. Try to anticipate your own reactions to like, totally. Okay, if I have to do this, will I be able to like kind of like deal with with having to put these precautions in place and still be okay and excited about the wedding or will it ruin the whole thing for me if I postpone like is that going to cost me a lot more stress like if I have to postpone again even after that like what is that like what is that going to do to my mental state how does my fiance fit into that if I have to cut people like will that make it easy like I think like those are like you said like all those are all really important things to consider consider. and only she can really answer that right and a lot a big one to think about too is like think about your guests right now because a lot of people right the the sooner people are having what like right now like the next couple months if you're having a wedding you have to be okay with the fact that your guests many of them might say no and that's okay like you and you also have to think about travel restrictions like for this summer hopefully people will be able to safely travel a little more but we don't know like will travel restrictions be in place still and whatnot and I think there's just so many of those things to think about like that like you said the perfect thing is like you have to think about will your reaction your personal reaction and if you'll be okay with Right, the way things will be, um, yeah, and I, th- I think on the bright side, it's like I would imagine that like the people who are closest to you or who are highest risk will be vaccinated by then. Mm-hmm. So if I mean, I think the their protocols are probably going to be annoying and like uh, just like sort of a necessary evil. But I do feel like there's a little more comfort as opposed to like a wedding that was like any time last year that like I would say most of the like my. My dad got the vaccine. He's over 65. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big thing for me. Um, and like, I think like you kind of have to think about that too. Like, well, those were the people most important to me that I care. Like you could always have the wedding, have it still, you could have it almost be like even smaller than you thought yeah. and just like have the most important people there to you. Like I know 85 is like not a big number, but it's, I can most- imagine there's still sort of some room mm-hmm. to cut. And I mean, for me, it's kind of like, so my wedding's in November at the end of November and like I'm feeling good about it and like I've thought about I mean the the rules are always changing so it's tough to like so one day you feel good one day you're a little worried right. I'm kind of like I'm going to get married then and mm-hmm. like anyone who can make it will be great mm-hmm. and anyone who can't like and I guaranteed like a very low number and I'm like anyone who can I understand but like I know myself I know I'm not going to want to like keep planning yep. another wedding yep. in like again so it's, but I can all I can also see a scenario where there's. I mean, my planner plans so many weddings with people, even in the, like right now, who are supposed to get married, who are pushing because they just don't oh, yeah. feel safe and they don't, you know, they're they want to they have a certain vision and they want to keep it that way. For me, I think I'm a little more flexible in terms of like the people that will attend. I feel like there will always be people who I want to attend who can't attend for COVID or for other reasons that right, aren't even right. that have nothing to do with that. Like even if I pushed, like I'm sure more of my friends will have kids and be, mm-hmm. you know. Or be pregnant and any. all that stuff so yeah yeah but I so, so I think it's really just about like you knowing yourself and like sort of preparing yourself for whatever the situation is playing it out in your head and saying like which one will actually make me happier in the end right that's the thing like me I've postponed once September 4th is the new date come hell or high water I will be married on September 4th and if if I'm allowed to have the people I want there great if it's safe to have them there great and that's the most it's it's less for me about and will I be allowed it's more for me about will I feel comfortable having people there if it's if the virus is more under control if we're all vaccinated great we'll be there um but 
I will not be postponing again. I told my wedding planner, like, we're making this happen. If it's three people there, me, Mike, and the priest, then we'll be good. If it's larger people, then great. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, and that's, yeah, I mean, your dad got vaccinated, right? Yeah, he did. Yep. So he'll be there. (laughs) It'll be me, Mike, my dad. No, I think a lot of people will be vaccinated by September. Right, right. I'm being overly exaggerated. Hopefully everyone who wants one will be able to get one by then. For sure. For sure. Yeah. But I think it's good to like, go there, go to like worst case scenario in your head. Mm -hmm. And then you can like be mentally prepared for it and then we can make a more informed decision. Right, right. I just will not be postponing again for a large party. I feel that. I mean, I haven't even had to do it. So yeah, I'm literally sweating after answering that question. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that question. I know we gave you guys a lot there, a lot of different things, but like that's because truly there is not a right or wrong answer or a way to answer that question. (laughs) I'm like literally right. It's a very, it's a very, very personal choice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it depends on so many factors that are like very particular to a person and like how they think about those factors, like finances, having friends there, like mm -hmm. your vision, deviation from your vision. Like there's so much to consider that it's such a personal choice. It really is. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Let's do another email. Let's do it. Okay, this one's fun. She writes, so I'm the maid of honor of a now 2021 bride. She had to postpone her December 2020 Tulum wedding. I feel bad that she's had to postpone her big day, don't we all? But as someone footing a lot of the cost of her bachelorette and bridal shower, I've gotten a little annoyed at the destinations. Originally, she wanted to go to Austin for her batch, but moved it to Miami because another one of her friends wanted to do Austin. Not a big deal. I easily did redid my itinerary. Then in 2021, I followed up about the batch. She said she's now thinking Toronto. Planning aside, I think she's way out of line asking for this. All of the girls live in California except one in Texas, and I think this is asking way too much. Am I wrong for thinking this? Her resort, her resort choice alone is costing me $3,000 just for the room. Plane hasn't been bought nor dress. We're not made of money and I feel it's inconsiderate of her to ask for a destination bachelorette on top of the destination wedding. Her mom also hasn't offered to pitch in for her bridal shower, so I'm really looking at a lot of money I'm spending on her. I make good money, but I also have bills, student loans, and my own expenses to pay for. So this is a fun one because um, I just feel like that even just that last line, like, like it's this this girl sounds like she's as a maid of honor already paying for way more than I would expect of my maid of honor. I would yeah. Right? I mean, we've touched on this in the previous episode where like we I we weren't aware that like the maid of honor is supposed to pay for the bridal shower like in everyone I've been to and I think you had the same thing and someone actually wrote in being like 
if you Google it, like it's the maid of honor that's supposed to like arrange paper. I've never experienced that before. It's always been the mother or the mother-in-law or some sort of combination or like family relation Mm -hmm. of the, of the, of the, um, bride. Um, so yeah, I agree. She's, she definitely seems like she's going above and beyond. I would never expect anyone to like pay for a party for me personally. Yeah. Especially like, especially someone my age just for being designated yeah that's like you telling a friend like congrats you're my maid of honor now literally pay like you're my same age you're my maid of honor pay for all of this stuff and that's an expensive yeah room alone her resort her resort choice i guess for the wedding is already costing her over three thousand which is kind of a lot yeah and i think if you're the maid of honor she should consult she should be like running Bad, like bachelorette destinations by you i don't think it's like right right i've never seen anyone make like a unilateral decision like okay i'm have as also as someone who's having a destination wedding i think i can like speak to mm-hmm. the, the bachelorette thing so i'm having it obviously i've just talked about this before I'm, I'm getting married in mexico so i wanted to make my bachelorette like more low-key so that people weren't like spending money and traveling twice so i'm planning on doing something in the hampton hamptons or montauk love this summer um which i'm excited about i mean it's not like the crazy like i've been there a lot right, so it's not right. that wild but i've been on a lot of girls trips in my life and i also like just didn't want to especially with covid i didn't really want to make people be like buying plane tickets or having to like travel that way and like even if nothing is open, I feel like it would be fun to just like get tested yeah. and be in a house with oh, yeah. my friends. You can more fun for sure, right? But even that, I think, will be a little bit expensive, mm-hmm. just because like the Hamptons are expensive. So at the bottom of my email that I like had um, my friends send out, I wrote, I made sure to write like to have them write like Jordana like totally understands if you like that because she's having a destination wedding. If you were like not able. Or you know, don't want to don't want to spend money on this trip. Like she would rather you come mm-hmm. to the wedding if you had to choose one. But if you would like love to come, like we'd love to have you. Like just like a very easy right. out because like it is absurd to make two people travel multiple times just because you're getting married. And I would want I did it local for that reason. But even again, like even local wise, it's still expensive and kind of annoying. And there is like the pandemic going on. So I feel like you need to people give people an out if you're you can do whatever you want. Right. You would just have to like totally understand that some people Might would be, be unwilling or unable or just not want to travel twice, which I think is like totally, totally valid, which is why I was like, I'd rather people come to my wedding. Right. Um, what are your thoughts for your bachelorette? That's really smart. I, <laughs> so that's actually one of the many things on my list at this point. <laughs> I'm, um, I do feel for the bride here in this scenario because it sounds like she's been jumping around lo- different locations, potential locations, and that is literally exactly what I've been doing. Originally, it was like, okay, we had decided on Miami. I then was like on this kick of like, wait, let's do a girl's trip in Napa, especially because Florida has been insane during the pandemic and I, it's not like I'd want to at this point like go out to mm-hmm. clubs and bars and stuff. And um, even this summer probably won't. So um, I was like, oh, Napa sounds cool. But then that's super pricey and expensive and flying across the country. And I, and even though my, my wedding's not a destination, it, it is a mini destination for a lot of my friends that are like, like one of my friends lives in Miami. One of them lives in Tel Aviv, Israel. That's in my bridal party. It's my bridesmaids are coming from all over, so it kind of is a destination for some of them. Do you expect the the bridesmaid who lives in Tel Aviv <laughs> to be like no. coming to your bachelorette and your wedding? She is being a saint and is like, I want to try. I'm going to do everything I can. But I don't even the state of Israel right now. I don't even know if she's allowed and I told her I was like right. all I care about is the wedding show up on the wedding and like right. you do not have to come in for the bridal shower god no you do not have to come in for the bachelorette but I think she really wants to and she actually does come home a decent amount when she can um because all of her family okay teams. but but her aside like I you wouldn't be like mad at her if god, she didn't know she couldn't make it no right. god yeah. no a flight from Tel Aviv are you kidding I'm like no don't don't do that um but yeah i mean so at the current moment uh, looking at things i'm thinking about doing something more local like the hamptons another thing that 
for us who are based out of this area, it's like my, my gr- a group of my girlfriends was like, we should do a Hamptons, a low-key Hamptons weekend this summer anyways. So I'm like, if we would want to do that this summer yeah. anyways, why not make it my bachelorette? That was my thought also. It's like, it's it's really it's like pretty easy to get to. It's mm-hmm. like low key. It seems you can like do a an pretty Airbnb, um, right? Right. But I also think like okay, let's say the the bride is like I've always dreamed of having a the bachelorette in this location. I think that's fine, but you still mm-hmm. have to like give people the out. Like you're, I think that at that right. you're totally allowed to do whatever you want to do your most ideal location, but you can't be mad at people for not going right. or automatically expect them to be able to pay or want to pay for all of that. So I think what she should do just to give her like, I guess, more straightforward advice is just to like get on a call with her friend and just mm-hmm. be like, I'm so excited for the wedding. I'm so excited for the bridal shower, all this stuff. Um, I did want to bring up just something that was giving me a little bit of stress. And it was like, you, you can say like it was a lot of the expenses like surrounding the wedding. Like, do you think it's possible that we can pick maybe like a more affordable option for the bat- for the bachelorette party? Like, just because I know where everyone's traveling. So I just want to make sure that like everyone's comfortable and I'm just feeling a little stressed about money um, right. and being able to afford everything. So I was, and I think that if you just make it again, like don't say she's being inconsiderate. Don't say like that, like everything is wildly expensive i think you could just make it about yourself and just Mm -hmm. be like would you consider like um maybe doing something a little bit lower cost or more local or maybe we could do maybe you could do two uh Mm -hmm. two bachelorette parties one like kind of just like a fun weekend in the town we live in and like maybe another one going to wherever you want and like people can come to wherever and this one it doesn't sound like she was always set on Toronto as her dream destination. Like she even says, she she said she's just now thinking Toronto. So if I were her too, if I were the maid of honor writing in, I would also just, like you said, talk to her and tell her your concerns about the price and how it's kind of inconvenient for everybody coming from California and the person from Texas. And then also offer solutions like, look, I've found these more affordable and local locations that are really fun still to do in the U.S., like Nashville or I don't know, any other of the fun bachelorette yeah. vacations. And Something close to California. Mm-hmm. Napa. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I mean, yeah. Napa sounds... No, I, th- I think that's a great idea, Nicole. Yeah. Your your idea is even better because then you're like, I've already like done this research. And then you could right. say like, you could almost preemptively be like, I think people would love this. It's like so easy to get to. It'll be so fun. It's like really, it's affordable. Like, mm-hmm. and I think if you just keep stressing, like everyone will love that it's affordable. She'll maybe get the hint that like the ones she's suggesting are a little bit um, too expensive. So I actually sure. forget my advice. I would start with Nicole's. <laughs> and if she doesn't seem to be... Um, if she doesn't seem to be getting the hint in that way, I think you can have like a more straightforward conversation about how you're not really comfortable spending all this money. Right. If my maid of honor came to me and like planned a whole nice trip, I don't care if it's in, I don't know where, I don't care if it's in Boise, Idaho. I would probably just say yes and do it because I, I don't know why I'm just targeting Boise, Idaho, but I would just because it's like they did that work for me and it's convenient and let's do it. It's affordable. Yeah, go ahead. But I'm also an easygoing bride. And as a bride, you've got you've got to think about your bridesmaids and like you've got to think about how your decisions are affecting people. And or you cannot think about that and just be okay with people not coming or, exactly. or doing whatever you want. Exactly. So like either you got to like pick a pick a lane. Mm-hmm. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. All right, I'm going to do our last question for our happily ever after section. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. First, I wanted to say I love the Betches Brides podcast and it's helped me a ton with navigating and planning my micro wedding. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My happily ever after question is one that you probably hear a lot. How do I navigate my partner's family dynamics when they are so dramatically different than mine? My fiance is incredibly close with his parents. He didn't move out until he was 26 and then moved right back in with them a year later. His parents watch his dog for him while he's at work, so he hangs out there in the evenings before he goes home. He spends every Sunday with them and, spend, and they spend every holiday together. He plans entire weekends to celebrate their birthdays every year. His, his mail all s- still gets sent to their house. And even though he's lived in a different nearby city for the last four years, he still drives their car and has their address on his license, etc. His parents are so kind and sweet, and I love them. Sorry. Um, But my family is the polar opposite, so I have a hard time understanding and relating to the relationship that he has with his parents. Sometimes it feels a bit smothering to me. My parents are great, but they're not my best friends. I see them once a month, maybe. I moved out when I was 21 and never looked back. I spent the last 10 Christmases and New Year holidays traveling solo, so we don't celebrate each other's birthdays. I recognize that my parental dynamic is probably borderline unhealthy too, so I'm not sure if I can even bring this up with him. I want to continue supporting and encouraging his relationship with his parents, but I also feel like we need some some more balance. Is there even such a thing? What do I do? Thanks for any advice you have here. What do you think? I love this segment because I love a marriage relationship question. Um, Okay, so... I think just to break it down bit by bit here, the fiance is incredibly close with his parents, which is a good thing. You want a fiance who's close with their parents. However, this is very close. Like he the uh, plans entire weekends to celebrate the birthday. I, okay, that's fine. The the mail still getting sent to the house, um, even though he lives on his own. The address is still on his, the, his, their address is still on his license. There's things that like he's, he's like, he is very close. And personally, I think that would almost be a little bit of a turnoff for me if he were like that kind of dependent on his parents, but that's just me. Um, however, it's also a turn on that he's close to his parents because you want that um, healthy relationship. I think that she kind of hit the nail on her the head though, like a little bit of her disdain for this comes out of the fact that her relationship with her parents is so different. Um, and that might be just like a little hard for her and like making her a little jealous of his relationship because it's so close. Like, let's face it. My parents were divorced. He doesn't understand it. Right. My and and that's the thing. Like as somebody who had divorced parents, like did I look at Mike's happy happily married parents sometimes and be like, Ugh, that's kind of annoying. Like I'm jealous. Like they're he got that happily married. Like yeah, I get that. I I do. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I I think she does have a right to talk to him and let him know. Like she thinks that this parental dynamic is a little borderline unhealthy because or well about his um and and i think she i think now that they're getting married we heard about this in our pre-cana classes last week like now when you're entering into a marriage it's a whole new relationship with somebody else you kind of have you can still have your family traditions and your family relationships with your parents and stuff 
but you're entering into a whole new thing where you've got to kind of be an adult and start new traditions and new things with your significant other. So I think like she has every right to just talk to him and kind of say like, Hey, lay off your parents a little, like be an adult with me. Right. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think you have the right to ask for whatever you want in a relationship. I definitely agree with what you were saying about like how, when you're, when you're getting married, you're starting a new family with your own traditions. And like, that should be the primary relationship in your life. But what I would do, cause like, I don't think you want to like, again, like it's a good thing that he's close to his parents. I'm sure there's some aspects of it that you like. I would not make it about, if you're going to bring something out to him, I would not make it about like, you're too close with your family or like you, your family is smothering you. I would bring up specific examples that actually affect you and work on those parts of it and don't make it have anything to do with like, this is how close with your family is. So it's not, and and like, that's weird Mm -hmm. because it's like, if it's working, then it's fine. But like, it sounds like there's some aspects of it that aren't working for you. Is it like the fact that by nature he's close with his parents that's bothering you? I don't think so. I think it's more like, you could say like, fiance, I would love to spend Sunday together mm-hmm. doing this other activity. Like maybe it's, maybe that's the issue is that like every Sunday he goes to his parents' house and you can't plan anything on Sundays. If that's the issue, make that the issue. Say like, this Sunday I would love to go to X activity or like do this dinner. And if he's like, no, like that's my family day. I think then that, then you can segue into that conversation that we were just talking about how like, I want to feel like I'm like the primary relationship in your life. And while I would love to go to your parents on Sundays on occasion, Mm -hmm. like that doesn't work for me. If it, if it doesn't work for you, or maybe we could just do dinner with your parents on Sundays, but the rest of the day could be like our time, you know, that's like half of the weekend Mm -hmm. or like, maybe it's about like the mail being sent to his parents' house. You'd say, can you, have you ever thought about like changing your mailing address to our address since we now live together and are going to be married? And he like, I'm sorry, that needs to be done. Yeah, I think you could say like it kind of right? makes me feel like we're not like living this like adult. You and again, make it about your feelings. You could say kind of makes me feel like we're not necessarily living this like adult um independent lifestyle when your mail is still going to your parents' house. So like I would love if we could take some steps like that to sort of just like make sure we're doing we're living our own life and doing our own thing and I love and just preempt that with like I love your parents. I love that you're so close to them. Um and I love spending time mm-hmm. with them, but I also enjoy like kind of having the independence of an independent couple and like starting our own traditions, which we can invite them to um, or do. But I just want to make sure that like we're thinking of ourselves as like our, our primary family or our primary unit and like doing things to strengthen our bond right? while also maintaining that relationship. And again, like just make it about like the specific things that are bothering you about this relationship and not about the relationship as a whole, because it sounds like again, it sounds like nice. Like he clearly like values his parents a lot and values their, that relationship, which is good. But if it's affecting you, you have every right to say that and ask him to do specific, specific things. Cause if you're like, you spend too much time with your parents, that's going to be like, what is he supposed to do with that? If you're like, I would like to do something on Sundays during the day. Mm -hmm. That's just the two of us. That's a more specific thing than he can agree to. Right. Right. I, it also just like makes me think. And first of all, literally follow that advice Jordana just said because you slayed that do exactly that I'm like I feel like I'm it's hard for me to be as rational and people are probably going to come for me for this but whatever it's hard for me to be as rational for this because at least my parents always raised me to just be super independent like my mom was like literally like go off to college or, or else you will be unhappy like I don't know. And I I truly like I have I just can't relate to somebody who's this dependent on their parents. As mean as that sounds, right. I don't know. I can't I'm too lazy to like try to make it sound nicer. <laughs> it sounds like this guy wouldn't be a good match for you. No. But like maybe there's parts of that that she finds endearing or it doesn't bother her as much. But I totally get that. I can see like I'm also from a my parents are also divorced and like I think I've become a little more independent through that or like didn't really have right. the like crux and I agree it's like a little bit of jealousy it's a little bit of like I don't understand this dynamic it doesn't like make sense to me why like your mom would be doing your laundry um but I can also like understand that like that's just some people have different experiences but like if she's if they're engaged I assume that doesn't bother her that much because I assume this has been something he's been doing since the beginning mm-hmm. and you've known this about him the whole time so like 
again, I wouldn't go into it like blaming him because I feel like this is always who he's been and right. you chose him. So just go through like the specific things that you that you can express would make you happier if he like tweaked a bit. Right. And when all in all, not to get all Jesus-like on us, but kindness is the most important thing. I'm just laughing myself saying that. But and it's not, and she said his parents are so sweet and kind, and I love them. And that's I I'm really glad she said that because that that really is most important. Like this would all be a larger issue if like her his parents were like mean people on top of all of this, you know. Yeah, that's what you want in in-laws. And I think long-term, if you're thinking about like dropping your kids off to be babysat, mm-hmm. like you're going to be happy about that. Like there will be a lot of perks that you probably don't even realize. That's a good litmus test for good in-laws. Definitely. Let's do some unpopular opinions. Let's do it. We love unpopular opinions. The first one bridesmaids need to stop wearing the same dress now does this mean the same color or the same Same exact exact dress same exact i clarified so like same color i agree and style you agree i agree i like i like the same same color scheme i think is like fine or exact color doable a little annoying but doable especially if it's not black but um same dress. I don't think everyone needs to wear the same exact dress. I agree. What do you think? I agree as well. And I get that like this wasn't the same thing like 10 years ago. I feel like it was every bridesmaid wore the same exact color and style dress. And some people still do that and they like the more uniform look and that's fine. I think I agree. All my bridesmaids are wearing black. They're doing three different styles, which looking back, I kind of wish I just told them to just pick a black dress and whatever style but I have nine people doing the best black is the best because they can rewear it you know um there's also like everyone has a black dress they could probably use exactly exactly you know exactly I wish I could do black but I'm having like because I'm having the beach wedding I don't think I can do black but I really otherwise like it would just sound like the easiest option I wish I could do it I could see you doing like a cool like blue is that what you're doing or no I'm th- I haven't decided yet. I'm thinking, see, the thing is, I really want to do like champagne mm. color, but I don't want everyone to hate me because it's so specific. No, no, you would think that, but also <laughs> you know I mean? people will be, I do know what you mean. And if you were having like a winter wedding and being like champagne, I would hate you because I would blend in, my skin personally would blend into the dress. I think people right. like champagne neutrals for like, I. that was my second choice instead of black. I think people like that for like a beachy summer wedding. Yeah. And also because like you're having a wedding in Mexico, they can get a tan, look good in it. I haven't fully decided yet, but like I kind of feel like I'm imagining myself having to get a champagne dress and being like, fuck that bitch. I can't believe (laughs) she's making me get a champagne dress. Like it's so specific. But um, thinking seriously about it, my backup is like blush, which I think is a little easier. We do like that. But I don't know if I have like a blush vibe. I like champagne. I like champagne too, but like I can just imagine people like thinking I'm really annoying. So I'm debating <laughs> it. We'll see. We'll see how annoying I decide to be. I've still got like a little bit to decide. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny because the audience, 57% agreed with this that bridesmaids need to stop wearing the same exact dress and 43% disagreed. So yeah, I think that trend is like here to stay of like the yeah different dresses. Mismatched. Okay. Watching someone unwrap gifts at a bridal shower is so boring. What do you think? I agree. I do. Even though my <laughs> my sister made us all, she had, this was forever ago, but 75 people at her bridal shower, we all like sat there and watched her. She would hate me if she heard this. But it was literally, I was like, come on, this is stupid. <laughs> like, it is boring. What about you? Yeah, no one wants to do that. Same with a baby shower. Yeah. Anyone who's had a baby shower also. Like, Mm -hmm. no one wants to watch you opening any gifts ever at anything. I will say. I totally agree. For the people that disagree, it is nice at, as a not a bride yet, who's like building out my registry and stuff to see what other people are getting. That's kind of fun because then you get ideas for your own registry for your 
bridal shower or baby shower. So I feel like if people like it, that might be why. Is the bridal shower registry different than the wedding registry? No, I don't think so. But I th- I'm planning on just having... So isn't it like the same stuff? Yeah. Yeah, true. And I guess you can also just see that online anyways. But I, I'm saying like in person, like when I went to my sister's and she did open the gifts, I just remember like taking mental notes and seeing her open gifts in person and being like, oh, I, I'd want that one day or I wouldn't want that one day, that kind of thing. Right. Which was like Here's fun. the thing though. Quote. I never want to, I've seen like people like you have to like unwrap the lingerie. Like I don't want to watch you like unwrap lingerie Ew. from like your great aunt for your <laughs> wedding night. Like it's very uncomfortable. I don't like it at all. No. So yeah, 85% of people agreed okay. with this. So. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we do one more? Yes. The audience is in agreement with us. Let's do it. There shouldn't be a flower girl or ring bearer disagree i think it's cute i the exact same thing i was like what i love this i love watching the little flower girl yeah. and bear walk down the aisle i don't i love kids i think if you have them in your family it's like adorable i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's like a necessity like if i didn't have any small like nieces or nephews i'd be like we can skip this part but i think if you have them it's like adorable like why not and then they can leave after same. And I love the weddings when something funny happens. Yeah, exactly. They can leave for the reception. Yeah. I love the weddings when like they, they're, they're funny, when they like fall or not fall, but like intentionally like crawl down the aisle or something funny happens with one of them. Yeah, or there's like, like confused. the ring bearer. Yeah. I just, I think it adds a little fun to the ceremony that we all love. But this is an interesting one because the audience said 50-50. They couldn't decide. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Who knew that everyone hated the flower girls and and uh, ring bearers so much? That's what I said. I was like, wow, you guys are really uh, hating old <laughs> wedding traditions, aren't you? Which brings us to a teaser for a, an upcoming episode we are having. We are officially having the his- history behind wedding customs episode, which I'm so excited about. We're having experts on to talk about that. So um, maybe we'll find out the history behind a ring bearer and flower girl. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guys, if you have any questions for us or if you have any other unpopular opinions, email them to brides at betches.com or DM them to at Betches Brides on Instagram. Um, but I think email is probably the best place for us. Um, thank you guys yes. so much for writing in. We love doing these emails. Please keep sending them in. Please rate us five stars on um on is it apple itunes apple Mm -hmm. apple yeah listen to us anywhere tell a friend and we will see you next week till death do us part betches